I feel sometimes we look down upon ourselves and what we've achieved or even where we're at in our lives because we're always trying to prove that we're better than others. How about we become conscious that we're running our own race and that the only person we're in competition with is literally ourselves. And hey, at the end of the day, everyone is really just figuring it out. Welcome to our doubting, or at least trying to. Welcome to the Figuring It Out podcast, and you are with me, Gareth. And myself, Emmanuel. And I think this is episode number five. Yeah, episode number five of this season. Yeah, we kind of took a bit of a, a hiatus, and I think with good reason. Yeah. So what was happening the week before? I feel like something happened. I can't remember, to be fair. Right, no, no, no. The other week you were sick. You weren't feeling well. Yeah, I had a yeah. flu of some sort. Yeah, you had a flu. Um, so it wasn't exactly good for the vocals. <laughs> yeah, so, so we took a bit of a... Of a break just to let Emmanuel recuperate, but we're back now with episode number five, and we we have a special guest with us. Yeah, um, we have a special guest with us, and he goes by the name of Uchi. Okay, you're letting. Okay, he goes by the name of Uchi, and he kind of like interrupted me as I was trying to introduce him and give him this right. grandiose description. But and also before you take the mic, Uchi, like. Uh, oh, I guess special. You always say special guest. Well, Is that just a formality. <laughs> well, you're gonna make me have to lie now. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like on the road, like each each guest is special in their and, own way, right? In their own way. And the reason I say special is because each of the um, details, um, a thread of you know the fabric of the human archive. Um, of, of stories, <laughs> of, of, of brilliant stories that that you know interweave um, the human population to help us grow together as um, as one unanimous entity on this earth. And because of that, each 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 individual, each each human being, um, is special and is crucial in in airing out their voice, right? Um, to just demonstrate who they are, so that you know. By knowing who they are, I can know who I am. And we can know who we are. Mm. Okay, So, guys. yes, Uchi is special. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. No, I, I, I exaggerate that a bit. But God thinks you're special. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like to think I'm special. Uchi, too. tell us who you are. So, we have this thing where, like, every um, every single guest um, has, has to kind of say, well, tell us who you are. What you do and what is your pet peeve? Like, what's the what's the one thing that really annoys you? I um. So, who am I? That's a, that's a very difficult question to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm Uchi. <laughs> yeah, like okay, like if you hold that thought. When I, when I said who are you, I just meant what's your name. Oh, okay, <laughs> ah, I mean that answered it well. I said my name is Uchi. Exactly. Uchi Not to get overly deep. Doesn't have a surname. Uchi does have a surname, Mafeni. So, so like, does have a surname as my middle name. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, it was yeah. given to me by my great uncle. Um, yeah. Does have a surname. Yeah. So he, like, does have a surname second. second. Exactly. Okay. Mm, right. The second. That's okay. important. 
disclaimer, I, I do have dry jokes. So if you're listening, yes, I, I am oftentimes dry. Go on, Uchi. It's cool. It's cool. We relate. Yeah. Uh, my name is Uchi Mafeni or Uchindami, but let's stick with Uchi. Easiest way to go by. Best. Yeah. To, I think the, the easy to remember that like I tell pretty much everyone in every country I've been to is just think of the brand Gucci without the G. Like people stop oh, for a second. Oh, love that. Like, like, like they stop for a second and they're like, Uchi. And they're like, oh, that's, that's clever. That's clever. Wait, is, right. is, is that why you're in? This is like a dang, like a mind blown. Is it? Is this why your Instagram handle is Uch the Gooch? No, that was completely accidental. Actually, <laughs> the funny thing about how that name came about is because there's this one guy back in high school named Mundir, and like he called me Gucci all the time. Okay. Yeah. And eventually, it just became Gooch, and used mm-hmm. to annoy the heck out of me. And then I realized Uch the Gooch. That's that, that. That could work. We can make that work. We can make that work. And then, um, I learned what a Gooch was. Don't Google it. Um, don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I was gonna ask, what is a Gooch? Do you? This this is a family friendly podcast. Okay, then I suggest the families the families Google it with their parents around. Yeah, that was unintentional, but I kept it because it sounds cool. So okay. let's yeah. let's just okay. go with that. Okay. Yeah, it's got so, a nice ring to it. I like so it. Gooch, the Gooch. Um, what do you do? Actually, let's say what you do. What is the one thing that irritates you? What's your pet peeve? A lot of things irritate me, man. Um, loud chewing. Oh. Loud chewing. Yeah. That gets to me on an emotional level. And like, <laughs> uh, and I'm, and I'm going to out my dad. Um, so, <laughs> wow. So my, my dad, like, he is incredibly meticulous and aware of people that are around him. So, like, when he's in, like, external settings and he's eating, yeah. the guy, like, he, he looks like he's a member of the royal family. Like, he, he, he literally composed himself as such. He never, he never does anything out of the norm. He's, he's, yeah. he's like a mouse. Yeah. Right. But at home, in his house, in his compound, yeah. the one that he built with his own hands, <laughs> oh, you'll hear him. Joy. And, and how do you how do you handle that as, as an African child with like African parents? Uh, how do you handle that? Like, I, I you... stare at him. I remember that he gave me life, um, and I leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he can take That's that. Smart. And he can take that life away at any single point in time. No, seriously, seriously. I'm like, all right, man. No, it's your house. You do you. I'm gonna do me, but over there. Um, yeah. That's interesting. I have the same type of people. I, I really hate it when people chew out loud. And also, like, I have a cup of cocoa in my hand. Um, I hate it when people are drinking a hot beverage and then right. a slice of bread and then they dip the bread. Oh, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, feel, I feel something within me, like, rip. Oh, no. Like, it's, I used it's, to do that as a kid. No, bro. like, it's, it's, it's horrible. Like, I used to do that as a eat kid. Eat the bread. Drink your tea. Don't yeah. do both. It, it's 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 unsettling. And then like when the tea is hot, so then they they make that noise. Yeah, yeah. the slurp. The slurp. The yeah. The slurp. yeah. No, no, so, so so it's like you slurp and then you take a pause. You fill your mouth with bread. And then it gets to me every single wow. time. It's, it's so unsettling. It's yeah. so unsettling. Deep level. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what that's what annoys me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've got Uchi today, Uchi Mafeni, and. Um, Uchi, I've known you for a long time. Very long time. I think I, first time I saw you, I was in, let me say first time I noticed you. Wow. I was, I was in year nine? What did you notice? Uh, just this light skin guy with weird eyes that led Bible study with Pampero. <laughs> that's, that's what I, that was the, my first encounter with Gareth still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And the guy just had a very chill voice like, God loves you guys. 
So today we're gonna talk about forgiveness. And I'm like, is this guy massaging you with his voice? <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, that's so funny because the other day, like, I think I don't know what podcast that was. The podcast I did with you, like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm always, I'm always avoiding to try to be. I'm always avoiding to to appear to be that guy with. Hey man, God loves you. But oh, you are yeah, that guy, literally. No, the reason I avoid it is because I, I don't want to be that cliche. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with it. Bro. Yeah. Anyways, you, you could be that. That's like yeah. Yeah. Do you, bro? Do you, right? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. This this feels like it's, it's turning into a very introspective session. <laughs> Real quick, but today's about you, Uchi. Exactly. Um, so yes, I think I remember the first time I know noticed you. Uh, I think it was probably at Bible study. Yeah. Um, Same one that Uchi's talking about. I think so. Okay. I think I think I knew you before that, but again, it didn't click. But I think I just I saw you as this guy who. Um, and take no offense, but like. A know it all. Yeah, no, like, I was a jerk. I, like, 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 I was yeah. there, like, with my happy, smiling, I love Jesus face, but like, deep down, <laughs> Holy Spirit, y'all was rolling my eyes. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was pompous, I was outspoken, I yeah. was impatient, and I think it primarily stemmed from insecurity. But like, mm. like, if there's anyone who is like my least biggest fan in life back then, it was, it's definitely me. I'm my own biggest critic. If you, if you disliked me, then I disliked myself even more. Right. Um, yeah. But that's so funny because you always came off as a super um, overly confident human being who knew mm-hmm. who knew their stuff. Ah, see. Who knew their things and the things knew them. And <laughs> who knew the things? Nah, bro. Um, half of it was an act. The other half was actually legit. Is is I can't really explain it. Like I think we're all kind of like a collage of the people we try to present ourselves to be and who mm. we really are that makes sense I yeah. Feel, yeah you know like uh i feel like we tend to exaggerate the best characteristics <clears throat> that we have to a degree that they're not there even though they are there hmm. so like i've always been confident I, I think that's something i've never been afraid of crowds talking to people like generally i've, I've, I've never been afraid to express myself or yeah. whatever but in terms of what i expressed um that would be like a blend of what i expected people for, uh, people what i expected people to expect me to express so it's like yeah. um what do i think you want to see right. and then i show you that um or yeah. if if like um i don't want to acknowledge that i am trying to pander to you by showing you what i think you want me to see yeah. um i then go the exact opposite of i will give you hell Mm. Uh, you know, like if 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 I think you want me to be nice, I will be mean, and I will be rude, and I will be blunt, and like I think that was a huge part of um, the person that you found when I was in high school, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think God knows why. Like I'm trying to figure out, like, why did I take this kid on? Like at the time, like, <laughs> if you remember, um, I really don't know why. So you 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 had this. So you had this interesting facade, like yeah. just like this um like know-it-all facade and yeah, I, I say uh-huh. this all like in retrospect and with like much love and respect because i know the person he is now yeah. and the person is becoming yeah um but i don't i don't know like some something still intrigued me mm. right and i think it was still beneath all of that um that I said, you know what? Let me let me get to know this human being and mm-hmm. get to see what lies beneath the layers. Right. And I think, like with you and with your with your friend Vita, um, who you who will be your in your um, 
bridal party soon because you are getting married. In best X, man. Best man in X amount of days. Good guy, uh, How many days now? Uh, you should know this. I <laughs> right. know. shouldn't be thinking about <laughs> this. 25 plus 30 is 55. In 55, 55 days, Fuchi will be getting married. Yes. Into Ruth Miriam. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, but like backtracking to that moment, like I, I saw this guy who was like, okay, I think um, I could tell that there was a lot behind all of that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what? Let me let me get vested in this and see. Um, yeah, see what's behind this. Discover it for myself. And I think I could honestly say that my perception of who you were back then um, definitely changed um, mm. over the course of two years because I saw a side of you. Um, I mean, I've seen you... Um, I mean, be, beyond the classroom setting and beyond those Bible study settings, I saw you in moments where you were vulnerable, moments when you were angry, moments you were confused, um, moments when you were genuinely happy. And yeah. I think seeing all those different spectrums helped me to appreciate that, oh, this guy is just human. And I think just um, just before you came on, we were having this conversation where I really cannot remember the exact events, but there was a day when we had a conversation, uh, yeah. myself and Uchi, which I feel like was, at least to me, a paradigm shift in in my, in, in the recollection of what I knew about you. Mm. And I realized that, oh, this guy is is human. Because the reason I the reason I purposely said, um, let's preserve the question of what do you do? Um, well, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah, um, like professionally, career-wise, academically, everything. What What do you do? All right. So, um, I'm a bit of a nerd. I really like econometrics. Um, uh, well, econometrics is basically like a combination of statistical analysis with uh, economic interpretation of what's driving it. Right. So, I mean, uh, it, it's it's trying to it's trying to put numbers to the things that we see in real life. For example, like, uh, you know, the classic, you know, do prices increase demand or um, does demand respond to prices, that kind of, that, that's like a typical example, but like you could, it, it could be expressed in all kinds of things. Like, why do people choose to go to university? Why people choose, choose not to go to university? Like, what are the determinants of um, uh, wage inequalities within various countries, blah, blah, blah. But, but like, honestly, the whole idea is you have a question. Mm -hmm. And numbers can help you answer that question. That is what I'm about. I yeah. like that. I yeah. love that. Um, yeah. And in terms of how that expresses itself and what I do right now, well, I'm actually working as a pre-doctoral fellow um, for the University of Chicago. Yeah. Um, that basically, think of that like as like a... And you're like 23. 24. 24. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the, the idea is it's it's kind of like a prepa preparatory uh course type thing job type thing that kind of gets you into research to get to see like what um, academic research looks like uh, working for people that are actually engaging in it so like yeah. right now um, I'm working under I think three different assistant professors yeah. um, and we're looking at um, environmental economics as it relates to energy usage yeah um, so not really my first choice of what I want to be doing but like these are great guys and gals they're really smart they know what they're doing yeah um, so I'm still learning a lot but um, the whole idea is it kind of gives you a view of 
do you want to do this whole PhD thing? Because um, PhD's I, commitment. <clears throat> it's it's five years. Just like marriage, but that's like forever. Exactly. At least forever under this, this side of heaven. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. Like, um, I'm tempted to say that a PhD is harder than marriage. Tempted. Hey, bruh, studying is hard. <laughs> Guy, I'm looking perplexed. <laughs> bruh, studying is hard, bro. Bruh, real analysis is mm-hmm. cool. Um, but studying no. a human, though. But anyways, that's a topic for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, yes, yes. But that's that's what I do per se right now, or at least how my talents and passions have kind of harnessed themselves into some sort of occupation yeah. that makes me money. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But almost, I think to kind of go back to what you were uh, saying, and before you get to that thought, yeah. so the reason I brought this question up, and please hold on to that thought. The reason I brought this up is because um, seeing you from the outside both in reality and just from, you know, outside perception, you are this guy who's got his stuff together. You've got good accolades, got a very good history of just very good, notable achievements. He was the guy who got, like, all A's back in school. Did you not? Sorry? Did you not? I mean, we're talking about Uchi Okay, today. fine. Okay. okay. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm great, but, like, let's talk about someone else. <laughs> but, no, this is a guy who, like, who, who achieved a lot, like, you you were you were a golden boy to to yeah to, to varying degrees yeah um, and still are um, but I got to see Uchi yeah that's mm. true and I got to yeah. see Uchi and we want to get to know Uchi yeah I want to get to know Uchi too <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of awkward though because we thought you knew Uchi though yeah tense 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 yeah that thought you were holding on that to. thought I was holding on to um. Before I get back to that one, uh, you have this idea that, like, you know, I was this quote-unquote golden boy. Yeah. Never saw myself as that, to be honest. Um, okay. And I never have. Uh, and yeah. I, I think part of the reason for that is um, how my brain works. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm one of those guys who goes into tunnel vision very easily. Yeah. When, when I see something I want, nothing else exists, and I go for that, and regardless of what other people think, that's just what I want to do. And if I fail to meet that standard, regardless of your perceptions, I perceive myself as having failed. Or if I succeed at that, and to you it's a low bar, to me I'm happy and content with that. So yeah. like, um, you know, the whole glory boy phase, I remember like when that kicked in, that was probably like maybe year after year 11 mocks, I think that was when it started. I think um, it was like, there's this guy in my, in my year called Jonathan Miller. Jonathan Miller was a freaking machine. He oh, was... Yeah. He was a brain, to say the least. Let me say, <laughs> so during exam season, yeah. this guy brought a suitcase to school mm-hmm. full of books, exercise books and stuff just to get ready for exams. He was wow. that guy. Yeah. Now, mock exam <laughs> results came yeah. out, and I got the same as Jonathan Miller. And it was like yeah. seven A stars and two A's. Yeah. And everyone was like, wow, oh my gosh, you did so well, whatever. I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was mad because I saw those two A's and I didn't want them there. Yeah. I was like, I want to get... Nine A stars, and that's the only thing that's that's acceptable to me. You don't you mm. don't you don't like the F word, did you? Hmm? You didn't like the F word, isn't it? By, uh, by F word, I mean failure. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. I, I I hated it. Um, so like when I set myself a target, I feel like we should call this podcast episode the F word. But anyway, <laughs> to be fair, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> go go on. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, for example, back then, my then target was I want to get nine A stars. Yeah. Because why not? Um, and so mock results came out. Everyone's going nuts. You're like, wow, you did really well. I remember like one of my friends, Quima, came to me and she hugged me. She's like, why you did so good? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I did all right. 
Yeah. This girl slapped me. She's like, how? Oh. Like she, okay, not in the face, but like in the arm, like in a, what the hell's wrong with you? Like yeah, kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, and, she, and she's like, you know, do you know how many people would kill for this? I'm like, yeah, but it's not what I want. It's, mm. I, in my eyes, I failed to meet my target. So yeah. I'm not going to feel happy. I'm going to figure out what I did wrong and I'm going to work on that. And I think that was one of the days that I think the boarding girls found reasons not to like me because they're like, what a pompous jerk. He thinks he's better than us because he wants to do, he wants, he's not contented with what he has and yeah. therefore he's a snob. I'm like, no, I have ambition. There's a yeah. distinction. Ooh, did you, did, you say that in huh? front of, did you say that in front of them? Because of... Wait, 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 hold on. Huh? Did you say that in front of them? No, I didn't. Okay. Be, because I don't know you, what yo, that, that would have, that would have unearthed a lot of things. But yeah, anyways, yeah. yeah, but... But it would have gone with your character at the time. It, it would have been. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, I don't have time for you. Uh, <laughs> Look like, at that. <laughs> I've got other things I got to do. Um, yeah. So f- for me, that's, I think that's kind of like a defining feature of who I am. I block mm. out the noise. I decide what's important. Yeah. I focus on that. And I give everything I've got until I get it. And I'll be damned if I don't. <laughs> so, mm. so. Really getting motivated here. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I, and I really want us to like hone in on that. Because I, I, I have known you as, to be that sort of person with tunnel visions. And aggressively goes after, um, I guess, what you want at the time. Yeah. Um, how have you dealt with the F word, failure? Um, take, take, take us through the, um, the journey of Uchi, going from high school, everything, I... up until this moment in time. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So Because I think that's something we... Beyond the um, the achievements that we get, we sort of bury our failures a Absolutely. little bit, you know. True. We still do. Mm. Yeah, I know mm. I do. Yeah. I... <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah, go on, go on, yeah. Um, so I think even before we start to kind of uh, tailor together this story using the events that occurred, let's take a, an even bigger step back into the mind of 13, 14-year-old Uchi. Yeah. Um, Ever since... You can't imagine me at 13. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so, I was actually a very tortured kid. Um, okay. Speak it, on that. In my, in my head. Um, mm. Because I knew there was this thing that I was looking for that would make me happy. But I didn't know what it was. And so, I spent a whole year thinking. And Vito will, will, will corroborate this. I spent a whole year in my head, pretty much just away from everybody else. I, I, I stopped talking to people pretty much. I just kind of went all numb and people were trying, like figuring out what's going wrong with you. I'm like, I'm just thinking, I just need to think. And I, I asked myself, what makes people do what they do? You know, like um, what makes, I mean, that was like the time when everybody was like discovering the birds and the bees and whatever. And yeah. like, you'd have all these incredibly uh, shallow you mean, you mean you mean sex and love and i mean i like you you like me blah 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 yeah. candy grams all that stuff you know when, right we had candy grams when you began to acknowledge the opposite sex mm. and where acknowledgement of the opposite sex was entirely driven by you know uh, animal spirits of passion and lust or whatever, but there was an in, <laughs> there was a, an inherent there was an inherent wait what, what? animal spirits of what passion passion, oh, passion and lust basically 
I'm going, I'm, I'm going after a girl not because I want to have sex with her. But yeah. there are all kinds of symbolic, societal right. values that are in line with being the guy that gets the girl. Right. right. You know? Like, I, I ask myself, what makes people want to do these things? Hmm. You get the girl and then it's like... And then what? You proved it to yourself. And, and you proved it to your boys. You proved it to everybody. And to society, you, you, you and, built exactly. And I'm like, yeah. what makes people want to do that? Yeah. And why do we do that? And why do I want to do that? Yeah. Why do I want you to like me? Yeah. I, I, I mean, you're you're an incredibly flawed human being. I don't see why your estimation of me should matter in the slightest, but it does, and I don't know why. You know, and, and that was something that tortured me for so long because I'm like, if I got everybody in the world to like me and say you're awesome, would I be happy? And I thought, yeah. no, I don't think I would be. Um, and so I asked myself, then why do I care? Like, <laughs> why am I looking for this stuff? And I was just, I was in my head so much mm-hmm. that, like, I, I realized, I think I came to two conclusions. The first is, we're all looking for something that'll make us stop looking. Mm-hmm. We're all looking for that one thing that we can hang ourselves on to, yeah. and we will be happy and contented, and that will be our rock. That's good. That's the first thing yeah. I realized. 14, by the way. Um, and Tense. <laughs> the second thing I realized was that that thing doesn't exist in the world. Like in the world as we see it, the physical world or whatever, it, it's not there. You can try to hypothesize to have every potential thing that you could ever think that could fill that thing, but it won't be there because everything that you'd be standing on is inherently flawed. Mm. And by virtue of it being flawed, there is no solid ground. Mm. And the, you know, the obvious conclusion being raised in a Christian household was like, okay, then I guess it must be God. But the thing, the thing is that I didn't want to accept that because I'm like, but all these other things look so nice, you know, like they feel nice yeah. in the moment. They feel great. I, I want to try that because that seems so attractive as opposed to this, this God option, right? I mean, what does that even look like? God, I'm here. Make me happy. Full stop. I, I mean, I prayed that prayer, obviously, mm. many situations, but it just never ended there it's interesting that the thing you're asking from god is happiness yeah yeah it's, or rather be that thing i don't know i don't know how in my head like I, we I, don't know what that thing is, is. but mm-hmm. we want to find that thing though we haven't found a name for it yet exactly yeah. and i'm like yeah. the only thing that makes sense is god okay i'm like okay there's that uh-huh and so that was a thought that tortured me for so long that i just blocked it out because right. The idea that I'm here living for these things that ultimately don't matter and won't make me happy is something that's terrifying. I found it incredibly terrifying because I'm like, I'm expending all my energy and all my effort for this thing that ultimately will not make me happy. That's a very tragic thought to have all the time. So I blocked it out and I said, you know what? I'm going to play this game even though I know where it goes, you know? Um, And where did it go in your mind? In my mind, it's... Do all this stuff that ticks the box um, whilst looking like you're not trying to do it. Right. By that, I mean gain your acknowledgement to someone who is blunt and doesn't care by showing you that I don't care. And that would be a victory for me. You know, uh, it's, it's a very backward way of thinking, but it's, it's what drove me to be the way that I was. Um, is it like seeking validation? It's... Cause it, cause it, yeah, it's it, it's saying that like if I want people to know that I am a mean person for whatever reason I have, um, if I project meanness and somebody confirms, say, hey, you're mean, 
I feel, feel good. About, yeah, I validated. feel validated. Okay, yeah. cool. There's that, but then there's also indifference. There's yeah. by showing that I don't care, it shows that I'm above this, and you will regard me as being someone who is above, above this. Us. Exactly, yeah, right? And that yeah. would kind of you know confirm my status as being above it. Where you're trying to seek transcendence. Almost. It's, it's, it sounds like you're, where you're trying to be like God. Yes, mm. I realized that. Yeah. I, I think that was the conclusion yeah. I came to. I'm like, yeah. if I'm trying to be this thing that is so big that I can fill my own heart, then I must be trying to be God, right? So, <laughs> so. Jeez, you're, you're like proving the Bible to be true right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the literal yeah. mindset that drove it all. But obviously, you can't think like that all the time. You right? mm. go crazy. Mm. So, you know, I, I I took a step back and I'm like, okay, let's let's play this game, even though we know where it's going. And so if you noticed a lot of conflict behind who I was in certain spheres and then who you knew me to be in, you know, behind closed doors or whatever, it's because of that conflict. Mm. I didn't know who I was. Why were you coming to Bible study? Of... Because um, I don't know how I know this, but I mean, tell me if it's true. It felt like... You were there, mm-hmm. but if it, it felt like you were stuck between this dichotomy, between this space of not wanting to be there, but you also knew that you had to be there. Hmm. Like I could see that tension within you. Okay, I think. Hmm. Yes and no. Okay. Um. So. I didn't feel like I had to be there. Pers- there was curiosity. I think that's the. Oh no, there there yeah. really was curiosity, yeah. and also I knew the fact that God was real. Like I genuinely yeah. believed in God. Yeah. I did, and yeah. and like it wasn't just like a well. I mean, I guess to a degree it was the whole religion type thing. You know, I'm here or whatever. But then I also had a genuine relationship with God. I thought yeah. I, I was doing the best I could from where I stood at that point. Yeah. You know, if if there was something to be grasped about God in that situation, I would try to grasp it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, when you're trying to juggle it with this whole, the whole facade persona thing, it, it seeps into that, right? Yeah. The, the, the indifference. I think that was what you were talking about. Yeah. It was like, this guy's here, but he's not really here, right? Or he's not really running with it to the degree that he could. And you're right. Yeah. I yeah. waste my potential. Like, like back in high school, to, to actually make an impact for Christ, I wasted it. I did. And I regret it heavily. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I've been trying to be more involved in the present day with yeah. um, the the high school thing right now at St. Andrews. Um, COVID happened, but like I was trying to get talks with like uh, the head teacher or whatever to kind of get the Bible study that we started that, you know, that was there before us to get that going. Is, again. is it still there? And the fact that I'm even asking is like so bad. It's not. <laughs> really? It's not. It died. That's so sad. Yeah. Are you and, surprised? <laughs> a little no. bit because... Yeah. Um, and we're going off a bit, a bit of a segue, but right. like we we didn't really start that Bible. We I sort of found that Bible study mm, there when yeah. I was in year seven, but it, it was always so small. It was always so seemingly insignificant. Mm. But one of the things that always assured me that God was so behind this was that it persevered. Like yeah, it yeah. kept going. Yeah. Um, my first day of running that Bible study was just me and like yeah. a friend. Um, but I always had hope. I always had this insatiable hope that it's just gonna be. Mm. But that's kind of sad to hear that. But yeah, anyways, uh huh. Yeah. You you felt you felt that you wasted your potential, and I could see that you were juggling between the space of I think what you call now is indifference, and you genuinely wanting to be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 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 you fighting, you seeking 
a degree, you seeking a degree of transcendence and wanting to be like God, wanting to be perfect. Could I say that? You have to be. Okay. If you're trying to be your own God, you can't be imperfect. So, yeah. so at, what, at what point did you realize that you cannot be perfect? And what, yeah, at what point did, did, did failure begin to creep into your life and, and seep in? Because everybody around you spoke very well of you, at least in terms of your achievements. Yeah, I didn't believe him. Okay. <laughs> I didn't believe him because I knew every single day of my life I was not perfect. I knew it. It, it was obvious. And I think anybody who tries to maintain a perception, a self-perception mm. of perfectionism or that they are perfect is deluded. You're very imperfect. We're all very imperfect. We make mistakes every single day. And I think it was really easy in my sense because one of the ways I tried to attain perfectionism was through my grades, hence the 9A stars. Yeah. You can't get any better than the 9A stars. You only take nine subjects. So, right, right, right. <laughs> so that's the target. That's the goal. And um, that naturally also per persisted into my expectations for my qualifications thereafter. So GCSE came, 9A stars, awesome. That was a tick in the box. For me, that was it. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. AS, let's get four A's. Didn't happen. It didn't that happen. haunted mm. me. And I'll tell you what paper it was. It was history. That and you were so good at history. Yeah. That, student that. of the year two years in a row. And yeah. you don't know why? I bombed the paper. Yeah. I bombed the paper. And I, I literally remember the part that I bombed. This will mean absolutely nothing to you. But it was a question of whether or not... Um, the, the was it the, Am the Amritsar massacre was a sign of suppression during the British rule of India or something, yeah. and I froze on that part, hmm. and I didn't know what to write. I don't know what happened. This has never happened before. Like I mean, I yeah. write exams all the time, and like it was like I usually write, finish, I'm fine. Hmm. Never had exam stress. That was the very first time I got it, and I froze. And I left that room and I went to my, I literally got straight to my car and talked to anybody. And I just cried because I knew I was not getting an A. And when the grades came out, I think I was like two marks off an A yeah. or something. And I was crushed. And that was the first, yeah. that was my first real experience of, I tried something with real stakes mm. and it didn't work out. Mm. And I think I spent the next year of that year 13 trying to undo that mistake by like uh, basically getting a better grade in A2 because it's a combination of AS and A2. It's year, year 12, year 13. What, it's aggregated. Yeah, together. it's aggregated. So I tried, yeah. to, I tried to compensate by how I did well in the second year. And I was shooting for three A stars. And I think I was predicted to at least get two A stars in an A. At least. At yeah. the very least. Yeah. Right? Results day. A star, A, B. And the same B was history, mm. and that B haunted me. Yeah, it haunted me. Mm. It really did. Yeah. Um, and luckily, I don't know how, but I missed the conditions for making my offer to my first choice university because I was meant to get A star AA, and I was like, "That's yeah. easy, I'll do that." And then when I when I saw those grades, I drove home. I was like, I was trying to figure out that I make it into my uni. Am I still going to university? Luckily, I got in, even though I didn't make my target grades. Yeah. And I think. For me, that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. That was the beginning of the end. Mm. Um, I, I placed a lot of stake on exams. A big part of it, I think, was because of my parents. I, I was never the smart kid. 
or rather I was never the kid that did well in class. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, a, a continued offense that my teachers would bring before me and my parents on multiple parents evenings and bring home reports is that Uchi is bright, but he is easily distracted and he does not focus. Yeah. And the, Which is interesting because you're a person with tunnel vision and you do yeah. focus. Exactly. So yeah, 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 here's yeah. the thing. All those years where I was messing around in class, I was focused, but not on class. I was focused on being the class clown. Yeah. Like for me, a good day at school was, did I make everybody laugh at the stupid joke I made? Booyah. Yeah. Did I pass a class? Who cares? That's fine. Like, and then, and then like I started to realize, okay, this whole class clown thing isn't really working out for me. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's change the parameters a little bit. So then I tried this thing called studying. And then I figured out that, hey, if I study, good things happen. Yeah. yeah. So I kept doing it. And like for years, my, see, my brother is the exact opposite of me. Always has been. He's quiet, keeps to himself generally. Yeah. That, that's the kind of guy he was. And because yeah. of that, it was really easy for him to study, focus, whatever. He's really smart. Probably the smartest guy I know. Um, yeah. And because of that, my parents always like, why can't you be more like your brother? And that pissed yeah. me off. That really pissed me off. I guess this is your older brother? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two years older than me. Yeah. Uh, love you, man, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. And I I didn't resent him. I resented them. And I, I made it my mission. Them being your parents. Yeah, to prove yeah. them wrong. Okay. And so every single time I would try to get a good grade, it would be like, almost like a screw you to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, well done. We're proud. I remember the, the one, it was one of the few times my dad's, told me he's proud of me. He has done multiple times since, but I stopped caring. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. He was, I think it was the, the day the 90 stars came. And like, he was like, well done. I'm proud of you. I'm like, that feels nice. But then I also realized that if I didn't get this grade, you wouldn't be saying that. Hmm. I mean, I have, I have a question on that. Um, because you wanted to get a sense of I mean, every kid, I'd like to think, would want a parent or at least somebody who they look up to to, to voice over um, their feelings of affirmation towards them to say, I'm proud of you. When you received it, did it feel like what you anticipated? Or was it a miss? Or did it feel confusing? It didn't undo what they did. It didn't undo what I felt they did. Okay. It didn't undo all the years of feeling like I wasn't enough. And eventually, yeah. I think it just kind of made me angry because yeah. it confirmed the idea that I'm just here to do tricks for you. Hmm. But that's the interesting thing, though. Um, that's what you were trying to do, though. Exactly. That, it was. You, 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 were, you were studying in order to get a level or degree of affirmation and validation from them. Yeah. And they gave it to you, but mm. you didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, so you found the thing, but you hated the thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, because the thing showed me that it was not worth pursuing. It yeah, was like, yeah. I uh, found the thing, but you hated it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, I was, I think it was like, you know what? I'm doing this for me now. Okay. And so like, I, then it, it transitioned from, I want to be good enough for my parents to I want to be good enough for the voice in my head. Yeah, that was when the perfectionism really kicked in because at and, first and, and who was the voice in your head? I don't know. It, it, it's, yeah. it's 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 who, it, who dictated and who spoke in your mind? I honestly don't know. I I I, I it, at some point in time it just became yeah. maybe a combination of all the voices I've ever heard in my life, and it's just mm. kind of like 
And if, it, if it really is that though, if, yeah. if there yeah. is if there is a best, do that best. Yeah. And if you don't get that best, you suck. Yeah, that was that was it. And so, like, I carried that into uni because I think my my undergraduate, let me say my my high school grades, the A star AB, haunted me going into university because I didn't feel like I was good enough. And then going to the University of Warwick, studying economics, which is like the second, at the time, the second best university for studying economics at undergraduate level in the United Kingdom. Right. And yeah. a lot of Europe and a lot of the world. And and, pretty, I mean, globally, it's also a very good university. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and so there, I, I then realized that you guys thought I was awesome at St. Andrews? No way. I was a, a moderately sized fish in a mm, very small, small pond. Right. Because yeah. I there I met guys who didn't just get like two A stars and an A. Four A stars. Five A stars. Taking six A levels. Mm. It, forget nine A stars. People there took 12 GCSEs. Yeah. And like I'm there looking at myself compared to these people. I'm like, damn, I really suck, don't I? Yeah. I really, really suck. And so that then began a process of me throwing myself into my undergraduate studies and began three of the worst years of my life, which actually, as it just so happens, I'm starting to get counseling for later this week. Yeah. Uh, because they lit, it was just. Trauma is real. It was a real tr traumatic yeah. three years. It was bad. Like it was mm. bad in every sense of the word. Mm -hmm. um, no, sorry. I'm like laughing, but it's, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I remember yeah. some of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was awful. Um, yeah. And so, like, I think the chip on my shoulder I carried from high school and whatever, um, I brought that into university. And then it, I think the other thing is St. Andrews, the high school that I went to, it's a really tiny school, 600 people. Um, it really is. Like, there were, like, 60, 50 people in, like, our sixth form, which is, like, year 12 and year 13. Yeah. Um, and, like... Yeah, you know everybody. Everybody knows you. You feel um, good about yourself. You feel good about yeah, yourself, yeah. whatever. And I was thrown into this school with 25,000 people. Hmm. I would leave a class with 400 people in it, and I would meet someone, and I wouldn't see them again for a month. Yeah. And that was daunting. Yeah. Incredibly daunting. This yeah. gargantuan school engulfed me. But not just that the pressure and expectation I placed on myself to sort of keep up with these people who I thought were so much better than me ate me up too. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I threw myself into my work. I remember mm. the first year, I forgot my mom's birthday. I forgot wow. my mom's birthday because yeah. I was under that much stress that like I just, nothing else existed. Like all that I knew was I have to get you know, a distinction or the highest grade boundary that was available. And that consumed my time, my attention, everything went into that because it was really hard to do. Yeah. And then throw that together with the fact that I'm here, this Malawian kid in this entirely new context where people don't interact the way that they do back home. Yeah. Like it wasn't, at, I didn't find it, I didn't find it easy to make friends. I never mm. did. And yet, I mean, it sounds like you were buried within schoolwork and rightly so but did you have time to like do other things to like develop other parts of your life no yeah no it was just school. yeah it, because whenever i would try to make friends or branch out so to speak it blew yeah. up in my face 
Right. Um, I tried talking to people, and they wouldn't. They they just wouldn't respond to me in the way that I had anticipated. Right. I think that was the first time I ever learned what it felt like to be rejected. Um, yeah. And not because like, and not like in a you know rejected by a girl type of way or whatever, but like in, in like to be rejected by by people who you wanted to be your community. Mm. I remember um, second year, a friend of mine, really nice guy, rich, uh, was having a party in. His name was Rich. No, no, he's very wealthy. Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> he is very wealthy, um, yeah. and he 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 was having a party in his London home with a group of. Uh, friends or associates that I had made during my time in undergrad, yeah. people who I had perceived to like me. Yeah. Two days before this trip happened, my flatmates who were part of that group sat me down. Like they were, so this was a group of friends that I made visiting an accommodation that was part of my university. And my flatmates came from that accommodation. So they yeah. were in tighter with the circle than I was. Mm. And so I thought these guys were awesome or whatever. And then my friends pulled me aside. My flatmates pulled me aside and they were like, you know, this guy in that group hates your guts. Like, not mm. even, like, just dislikes your presence, mm. but he hates. actively yeah. hates you. And, like, that the rest of the crew pretty much just tolerate your presence. Mm. It was like a... Pfft. Yeah. It was like, oh, damn, I'm that guy? Mm. I'm the guy that everybody, like, just kind of tolerates to be around but doesn't really enjoy being around? Mm. I've, I've, it's, it's not a nice feeling. I, I, I recently, I've, I've, I've had those experiences. Um, I can think of two occasions where I was sitting with a group of friends and they basically opened up to say, hey, you know, people don't like you, right? And I'm like, really? And, 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 and you go, you delve behind the reasons and you realize that, wow, some people just tolerate you. And yeah. it's, it's, it leaves you with feelings of de um, feeling dejected. Yeah. Dejected, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and see, see, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna compare crosses here and say mm. that my Golgotha was worse than yours, mm. but Gareth, you're a very sociable guy, and also you're in Malawi. Yeah, you're yeah. always gonna have people. That, at the very least, you'll have your family. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. have that, like, and so here I was hit with that shock. Yeah. Never spoke to those guys again, by the way. Like, mm. never again, mm. um, because I'm just like I'm. I respect myself enough to know that I'm not going to be somewhere where I'm just tolerated. Yeah, yeah. But Precisely. it kind of added to the feelings of, I really don't belong here, do yeah. I? Lack of belonging, yeah. I really don't belong here. And I remember the first, after the first year, um, so long story short, worked my butt off, got the grades that I wanted that year. Um, you got the thing. Mm. I got the thing, but... It was just a precursor to another thing. And by that, yeah. I mean, okay, we've got through first year, but now I've got to get through second year and third mm, year yeah, too. Yeah. It's always a thing that precedes another thing. There is no end to it. It's yeah. just the thing that you get for now to help you set up, set yourself mm. up to get the other thing. Mm. You know, it's just a consistent pursuit of things that never terminates in something that ultimately satisfies you. But I accepted that and I'm like, whatever. Um, so I just arrived, landed back home. Hold um, that thought. Is that just life in general? Do you think you, you get to a place where you feel like okay i'm content i think yes um and i think but i think it's an it's an active decision to say that this particular activity that i'm engaging in it in and of itself will exactly. not fill that void exactly. yeah no but you accept it for what it is and you enjoy what you do have yeah right. i think it's a very ecclesiastical way of looking at things it's yeah. like okay this is man's lot just accept, accept it, it. Yeah. for what it is and yeah. what it isn't 
and make the most of it. Because right. the things around us will never give we'll us never, any, yeah, no, will yeah. never yeah. give us anything. No. So, I think the sooner you accept that, mm-hmm. um, the sooner you begin the journey to yeah. at least being not sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the bar, right? <laughs> not sad. Not sad. <laughs> just try to be not sad. Yeah. Um, just not to be sad. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on. Um, but yeah, I, I landed after that first year, got back home. And the first thing I did was burst into tears in my room because I was like, that was the worst year of tense. my life. Tense, tense, tense. I hate everything about that place. I hate everything about this phase of life. Um, oh, snap. Uh, so this is just like the academic and social sense in which I faced a failure. Yeah. But the other sense I faced a failure was the professional sense. Okay. Uh, because prior to that, I had no idea what the working world was like. And so given that I was doing economics at the University of Work, the in thing for everybody to, to obsess about was banking and consulting. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to do that. And so basically, it's like there's this ideal career path where first year you get what's called a spring week. A spring week is basically a seven to 14 uh, day period of time whereby you work for a company as an intern. Um, and okay. with the idea that if they like you, they offer you an internship for two months the following summer, after which if they like you again, you get a job. Yeah. That's what everybody was targeting. This is the, the, the big thing that everybody was looking for. Yeah. And so naturally, I got swept up in the spring week mm. craze. I was applying to, you know, you name it, Goldman Sachs, uh, uh, BNP Paribas, all those crazy big banks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I remember the Wolf of Wall Street, Goldman Sachs. Yeah. <laughs> Deutsche Bank, blah blah blah. Yeah, and yeah. I remember I got I got an interview with Goldman Sachs in London. That was crazy. Wow. Yeah. That was insane. I was like, oh man, I am going to Goldman Sachs. This is so cool. I was like this little Malawian kid going to London. I'm like, oh, this is so crazy. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Yeah. It was a cold winter morning. Look at God. <laughs> no, literally, look at God. I get up at 4 a.m. to make sure I get to the 6 a.m. train. I make it on time, but the train is late. Why? It's cold, it's winter, and so the railways are frozen over. Right. And look at God. can't travel. <laughs> look at God. So literally, I, 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 I do my ever-loving best to yeah. make sure that I make this meeting on time. And yeah. I was 10 minutes late. Oh. And this wasn't some, like, you know, junior associate. That's checking. funny, because my lot of 10 minutes late is like... Well, you're early. Yeah. No, no, no. This is, like, this is like you have 30 minutes yeah. to show us that you are worth something and you've already blown 10, 10 minutes, minutes of it showing us that you are unreliable. So I get mm. there and it's not like, you know, yeah. some junior associate or whatever. This is a VP. Whoa. A VP of freaking Goldman Sachs is sitting right. down there looking at me yeah. dead in the deadpan. This guy was deadpan, man. Mm. Like he was soulless. I tried cracking a joke, <laughs> like having my best smile on. Yeah. He didn't care. He did not yeah. care, and it was really intimidating. And this question will haunt me to my grave. What is five over eight as a decimal? It's definitely bigger than zero point five. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Zero point six eight 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 something. Nope. It is zero point six two five. Ah, darn it. Oh. Missed it. And I will carry that number to my grave because when he asked me that, I had no idea, idea. what answer was why would they yeah. know that though because they're trying to see whether or not you can think on your feet hmm. so bear in mind this during this ah, first year I, I see. i'm doing yeah. stuff like linear algebra calculus and all that jazz so this is this should be cake right 
but I freeze. I think it must have been, you know, the sleep deprivation, the excitement, the fear, whatever. Mm-hmm. I did not get it. And I didn't get the job either. Yeah. And that was the third aspect of life in which I failed. And so oh. I, I felt all together like just a big ball of failure. I got my first just barely, but I still felt like I sucked. Mm. Yeah. And that is something, that was a theme that would persist throughout the entirety of my academic time there. And that would be something that haunted me. Yeah. Um, the whole social aspect, it improved, but I think being alone for so long, yeah, it it does something to you. Yeah. Like... I, you, wow. you know, growing up at St. Andrews or whatever, you, you learn to be a social being. Mm. You're around people all the time and you love being around people. And, you know, you think people love being around you. <laughs> um, you think. <laughs> but in yeah. that space, I was so, for the first time in my life, I was, I wasn't confident anymore. Yeah. I, I lost my confidence completely. Mm. You did change every time you come back. Like fragments of who I thought you were. Like, Disappeared. Sort of off. Yeah. 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 Like I... You know, the, the outspoken, overconfident um, Uchi that everybody knew back in high school died slowly piecemeal. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. At this point in time, do you feel you had somebody you could talk to? No. You didn't think so? No. Yeah. I mean, I could, but nobody really understood. And to be yeah, honest, I, I didn't think they'd want to... I didn't think they'd care. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't think they'd care. And I figured, you know what? I'll just tough it out and do it on my own. Mm. And I think that really hammered home the idea of being self-dependent and as a result of that even when i had to move cities after i graduated to move to paris i didn't flinch yeah i was like oh a new country where i can't speak the language with complete strangers cool nobody understands what i'm saying that's fine i'm okay with being alone yeah just put your headphones in and the rest will figure itself out yeah that it 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 really thickened my skin Mm. and as a result of that it also meant that I wasn't beholden to people anymore because mm-hmm. I was like, at, at first it was because I was like, I'm not going to try to please you because I suck so much. I probably wouldn't be able to, mm-hmm. um, to a point of being like, you know what? I'm okay with being on my own. And so if you don't like me, <laughs> join the queue. line, yeah. <laughs> you know, join the queue. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I stopped caring. Yeah. Um, and, but in the midst of all that, my perfectionism still stayed. Uh, yeah. I still wanted to try to be the best or whatever, not even be the best, but to just to, to meet, insert academic standard here. Eventually academics just became everything. It wasn't mm. social anymore. It wasn't physical. It wasn't girls. It was school. That, that became the thing that I identified myself as because everything else sucked. The career situation never got better, by the way. Um, I never got an internship. I never even got a job offer. Every single job I applied for yeah. throughout the entirety of my undergraduate studies, mm. I didn't get. Yeah. I didn't get. Yeah. And so I think it got to the point where it was like third year. I'm like, what, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I can't go back home because <clears throat> my parents spent a crazy amount of money for me to come here and make yeah. my life better. And if I go back home and just work, I'm like, then why don't I just go to Chanko? No yeah. offense to Chanko. Um, yeah, yeah. but like you, you get the idea, right? Yeah. It's like, like you could have just stayed in Malawi mm-hmm. and studied here. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. well, you wasted it, haven't you? Mm. Um, but you know, God came through. I managed to get into a master's program in Paris. Um, I also realized I hated finance because I realized I didn't believe in it in the sense that 
I didn't want my life to be defined by making rich people richer. I didn't, yeah. I thought that was a shallow ambition to go for. Um, and in the midst of that season, I think that's where I found God. Like I've always been mm. Christian yeah. in the sense of, I believe in Jesus Christ, definitely. Yeah. But in that lowest of the low is where I learned the only person who I can trust in is God. Mm. In yeah. those years of being by myself, yeah. I learned to cry to God. I learned to tell him how I felt. Yeah. And it was a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And in fact, I was so scarred by that experience. I wanted to leave the UK and never come back. But God's yeah. funny because I'm marrying an English woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a horrible three years. Mm -hmm. A terrible three years. And that's why I'm getting counseling for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of unresolved. And, and, what, and what made you... Yeah, so you, so you said that there's, number one, a lot of unresolved issues. How, how, how have you been able to see that in your present life now? And what made you get counseling? Okay, yeah. uh, my fiance played a huge role in that. Yeah. Because she saw every single time I talked about the UK, I'd sort of tear up a little mm. bit. I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm tearing up right now. And I don't know why. Mm. You know, it's, it's weird. But like, um, she noticed that. And I'm like, you know, just forget about it. Let's just bury it in the past and forget about it. Because that's how I deal with trauma. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I was involved in two domestic robberies back when I was in high school. I know about, I think you, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first time around, it was actually my 15th birthday. Yeah. Uh, my parents were out of town and uh, two men came into the house, woke me up. I felt like I was drowning. I thought I was having a drowning dream. I woke yeah. up and found my mouth being covered by these two strangers. One of them was holding a screwdriver to my neck saying, if you move, we'll kill you. Mm. Tied me up, threw me on a bed. Um, and they tried to rape and kill the woman that was taking care of me, but she mm. somehow got out, hit the alarm, they ran, and that bought me nightmares for a year. Yeah. <laughs> I had recurring dreams of essentially being robbed in some sort of variant or form yeah. for the entirety of the following year. Yeah. Um, and as a result of that, to this day, I am a light sleeper. Mm. I'm ultra paranoid at night, and I am a very light sleeper. Um, can't get rid of that. That's something else I'm getting counseling for. Yeah. Um, but... My parents offered me to get therapy, but I said, no, I'll figure it out yeah. on my own. I'll handle it. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. Happened again two years later. This time it was with my dad. And you know, the crazy thing is I knew it was happening. Yeah. So it was just after I finished my year 12 exams, I was home free at last, you know, doing my thing. And then I hear these muffled screams that sound very familiar. I'm like, that sounds a lot like what happened to nice. me. Yeah. I woke up immediately and I knew what was happening. Nobody mm -hmm. had to tell me. I just knew. I, I got up and I'm like, we're getting robbed, aren't we? Yeah. I picked up my phone. I'm like, okay, at least this time I'm ready. Actually, no. The first thing I tried to hit was hit the panic button in my room. Didn't work. No idea why. Yeah. Later found out it was because they cut it off. And so, All right. yeah. 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 I was like, okay, fine. I have my phone. And I tried to call my mom. No reception. No reception. Yeah. Yeah. And then I hear them coming down the door. And I'm like, okay, here we go again. Part yeah. two. Knock on the door. They're like, open the door. I'm like, yeah, okay. Unlock it. They come in. I'm just sitting on my bed at this point. Like, yeah. Well, here we go again. Um, Do they have any weapons? Yeah. They had this huge, I don't know. Uh, you probably, there's probably a name for it, but like, imagine like a massive nail 
so to speak. You know, yeah. think of think of like you know the nail that you hammer in, yeah. but then bigger and heavier. Yeah. Think of that. Okay. Um, they had that. They had like batons and things, like six of them. Um, my dad is there shaking, trembling in his boots. Mm. I was like, it's just another day. Lead us around the house. You know, they're like, uh, show us where your money is or whatever. My dad's freaking out. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, I'm used to this now. Um, they lock us in the bathroom. My dad's like panicking. He's like, what do we do? What do we do? I'm like, dad, let them leave. Yeah. If you do anything stupid, they will come back and they will mm. kill you. Sit down. Mm. Still, sit down. Wait it out. Yeah. Eventually, someone unlocks the door um, and we're, we get out. My dad is, he's stark raving mad whatever at that point i'm just i'm just used to it now you yeah know? i'm like well yeah <laughs> it and happens that, and do you feel like that's how you deal with um with trauma and pain um so today i've been listening to um dr dr henry cloud he's a he's a therapist um, and does a lot of counseling and psychology stuff and he had he had an episode where he talked about numbness yeah, where he said that numbness is not the absence of um, feeling. Mm. It's when feeling becomes overwhelming that you then go into this mode of numbness because the pain is too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you say that, and, and, and a lot of people, myself included, respond to trauma in this way, where when you've faced enough trauma and you're harboring a lot of pain, you then go into this overdrive mode of numbness. Yeah. And... You're like, anyways, this is this is happening again, second time round. You you just stop feeling. But I think the thing that we don't realize is that we carry this yeah, within yeah. us. And yeah. Emotions are like energy. Pain is like energy. energy it's yeah. it's energy needs to be transferred. Yeah. And unfortunately, and I, I believe it was was it Brainy Brown who said this? No, 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 no. It was it was an interview with uh, Michelle Williams um, on the Love Hour podcast with with Kev on stage and his wife. They talk about marriage, and Michelle Williams said something very interesting. She said that the the, the pain and the trauma, our lack of self awareness, yeah. um, brings pain onto other people, um, because you end up projecting all those unprocessed emotions, all those unprocessed pain, wow. and mm -hmm. you bring it to other people. Mm. Um, the way that. you handled yourself during that time, um, when when the thieves came, where you, where you were, you were very cognizant of everything that was happening, and you just shut yourself off to say, "Well, <laughs> part two. Yeah. Do you feel like the majority of your life that's how you handle painful situations where it is what it is? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I think being a Malawian, you can relate to the fact that we don't exactly do trauma well. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Be a man. That's a common one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man up. Yeah. Men don't cry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th that's something you experience every day here. All the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like. <laughs> and I think to varying yeah. degrees in different cultures. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Well. Yeah. Um, so that ties into it. Yeah. But also I think generally because I generally just deal with things on my own. Yeah. Uh, is that, remember has that changed? It's getting or is better. It changing, yeah. It's yeah. getting better. Um, yeah. I'm starting to trust my soon-to-be wife. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's, she's you've got 52 days to work on that. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's amazing. She's really helped uh, me admit that I'm in pain because mm. she would look at me in the sense of I'm so sorry that happened. I'm like, why are you sorry? It happened. Yeah. It was there to be sorry for, mm. and like I'm sorry for what it did to you. What did it do to me? It's like you don't see. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I don't, and that's why I'm getting counseling. Right. Um, 
but you're right. I think for me, how my trauma has come to help me is physically, I've noticed that it has materialized in the form of a defensive instinct. Yeah. And I think that's just, that's just part of, you know, evolution. That's the human psyche trying to protect itself. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's why I woke up so quickly when they came. That's why I immediately knew what to do. I knew what to do. Nobody had to tell me. This was like that whole thing that I described right there. That was what, 20 seconds? Mm. Hmm. But it felt like time froze and I knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. And that same instinct, um, I think, is something that I've just carried. It's, it's evolved into like, okay, this terrible thing happened to you and you are very scared all the time. But mm. we can use this to help you. Yeah. And here's how. Uh, you're going to wake up very easily in the middle of the night at the sound of random things. So that way you know what's happening and you can respond to make sure this never happens mm. again. Um, mm. Or, okay, you had a really bad experience. People didn't like you. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to be so happy with who you are and content with being alone that rejection doesn't hurt anymore. Mm. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. it yeah. becomes a coping mechanism because at that point you're just carrying around all this trauma and what mm. do you do with it? It either destroys you or you find a way to survive. Mm. And you know what you've just said? It sounds like it's protective. It sounds like it's good because you're just, you're just layering it up to say that, for example, as you said, if people um, don't like me, then I'll be nice to everybody. Mm. But what you don't know or don't realize at the times that you're doing harm to yourself. Yeah. Mm. But when you accept, as you said um, earlier on, it, it frees you. And I think if there's one thing as we, I guess, you know, head towards um, concluding this, um, I think one thing which I withheld in my description of you earlier on, and, and, and I saved it for now, is um, I can genuinely sense a lot of freedom in just not what you do, but in who you are. Mm. Um, and that's coming off even much, much stronger because... Um, I, I, I know that maybe five years ago, you wouldn't have been this vulnerable with yourself. No. Um, but when you ex... Um, and I, maybe, maybe I quote Brene Brown because maybe that's what I've been reading a lot lately. I've been reading the, the book, The Gift of Imperfection. And she says, um, we, we begin to feel belonging when we first become vulnerable with who we are. Yeah. All our demons. Mm. And all our good stuff as well. But when we become vulnerable with who we are and accept ourselves from where we are, it's then and only then that we begin to truly feel a sense of belonging. Yeah. yeah. Because you're courageous, number one, to step out, um, to say, hey, this is who I am. Um, number two, you connect. Yeah. Um, in, when there's lots of vulnerability, it births true connection. Mm. Right. And number three, you then offer the world compassion. Yeah. Because it's it's you realize that you're broken, um, that you're not the healer that you thought you were. You're not the Messiah that you thought you were. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're broken and the rest of the world is broken. And it's only then that you can offer true compassion. Yeah. But because you also know yourself and accept yourself, you set good boundaries right. to not let people come in and hurt you in, in, in abusive ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's... Failure is bound to happen to all of us. Um, we've had our sh fair share of failure in, in our yeah. past. We've had a, we, we're having our fair share of failure now, mm -hmm. and there's more failure to come. Yeah, but I think it's it's an it's an evolutionary process of. I feel like the things or the paper chase is really just there, just to really unearth and unravel who we are, mm. and 
when at, at the point where you truly meet yourself um I, I remember i said this to a friend a couple years ago to say the times that i feel most spiritual is when i'm in my darkest place mm, because yeah. it's only then that i realize that wow god loves me mm. the way i am i need to work yeah. on that and god is working with me in my process mm, and yeah. that he's not done yeah. and he's loved me then when i didn't know anything about him yeah when i was an utter mess yeah. and he still loves me now and he's still got to continue loving me yeah and when you truly begin to feel that sense of acceptance from god and you've accepted yourself it's it thrusts you into this arena of just true freedom yeah, yeah. and it's then that you found the thing yeah mm-hmm. and and yeah. to be honest it's it's crazy how you managed to link it together like this because yeah. this story does have a mildly happy ending um <laughs> because i came to the point of accepting myself at least with regards to my perfectionism in terms of academia i think it was a throwaway thursday night one mm-hmm. night i think I, i just had a deadline or something yeah and i just started crying yeah. i remember i think There's this one song by Maverick City called Lean Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song broke me in half. Yeah. And like I remember the night I was uh I just called Ruth. We were dating by then long distance. I think we were about maybe six months together. And I told her mm-hmm. I said I said babe, I think I think I have a problem with my grades. I think I have a real problem. I think mm-hmm. they they define who I am in a very unhealthy way and I don't think that's what i want to be anymore. Yeah. yeah. And she said took you long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and kudos to her for being patient because she yeah. it sounds like it sounds to me that she um and God has a funny way of pairing you with people who who they see are good but they also see your vices and your demons. Yeah. yeah. But are still patient enough to not <laughs> Oh, good grief. Yeah. Do not speak it out outside of time yeah mm. but speak it out when necessary and when you can find somebody who is patient enough to watch you grow mm. keep her god bless that woman she's yeah. so patient with me yeah. like she she sees she sees flaws in me that will take me many months to see and recognize and work on and she will be with me 100% in that process in real time with mm. me um and in in that moment i remember that night we just cried together. She cried with me. Like yeah. I was like I want to let this go. She's like good. I want to help you let this go with you. And yeah, that's going to be in fact I proposed to her with that song because we just have such a history with that song. Yeah. Um and and yeah, like it it was one of the first times I was like, you know what, God, I think I'm not going to do a rinse repeat of how I've been doing every single day where it's like you get up, find out what the best grade is, try to get that grade and do it again the next year. I said, "You know what? God, this year I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm going to try my best mm-hmm. and I'm just going to trust in you with whatever happens." And good things happened that year. I mm-hmm. that was the in terms of academic performance, one of the best years I ever had. Prior to that, it was unmatched. Yeah. Um and it was yeah. only beaten by the year that came after it, where yeah. I tried to pursue the same principle in the same way. Yeah. And it's like I'm not chasing the thing and I have the thing but the thing doesn't make me happy because I'm not yeah. choosing to find happiness in things but mm-hmm. though I'm contented with what I get. Yeah. And I would have been content with something that would have been worse than what I got because I realized it's not the thing that I was after in the first place. Yeah. Right. I was like, you know what? God grades are here to serve you. Just mm-hmm. like I'm here to serve you. Yeah. Yeah. So you let this do to me what you want to do to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll trust you with the rest. Mm-hmm. And 
that was when grades stopped being an objective and started being a tool exactly. with which God could show me who he was so and good. show me where he wanted me to go. So yeah. good. And as a result of all that pain that I felt over the years, I went through masters like a rock. And by that, yeah. I mean, everyone around me was falling apart. Mm. Economics is really hard, man. Like, yeah. and those, I think everybody, you know, it's everybody um, sort of puts in as a preamble to the two year masters that I did or a variant of that across the world as the worst two years of your academic life. Yeah. And my God, was it awful. It was, I mean, it, I, I, found, I found it hard, like really hard. It required all my time. I basically lived in Paris, but I haven't seen anything because I spent all my time studying. Yeah. I was used to that though. So it wasn't hard for me. Um, in fact, when COVID came and like the lockdown happened, I was like, okay, this is, I feel really bad that people are dying, but I'm also fine with this because I'm always working anyway. Yeah. So it's yeah. fine. I spent those three months writing a dissertation and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but, but then everyone around me was falling apart. I mean, everybody, like it was, it was crazy. Like people, the, the imposter syndrome, things that I had already yeah. felt. I'm like, hell, I know I suck. Let's just, <laughs> let's do the best we can. But people are like, oh man, I'm really not good at this. Am I, I'm really going to fail. I'm like, yeah, you might just, but keep trying, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. I'm, I'm used to all that stuff, but nobody else is. And like, I had yeah. so many friends, I mean, the number of times. So like I lived in this uh, big place called Cité University. It is beautiful. Hmm. It's basically like a university city so to speak this little translation and that's because um it consists of accommodation buildings with yeah. people from all around the world all of them studying at some point mm. right and so in my building there were people who were doing the same course as me and different courses and like i would just go into the kitchen and find people crying yeah. straight up find people crying i'm like are you okay like yeah no nah, man it's just this class got me down I'm like it's okay tell me about it and we talk about it i'm like it's gonna work out don't worry yeah. about it. It'll be okay. And I could say that because I had been there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I had had this one friend who, you know, she, she had to face so many barriers. English was not her first language and she barely spoke any French. So imagine like coming from that background and then yeah. having to hear people convey complex ideas with a French accent and French ways of putting things together. Mm -hmm. It is a nightmare. She would have to translate things from a French accent to an English accent to English and then um, translate that into Spanish oh, and then translate man. it back to English to kind of make it all make sense, you know? And she would literally zone out in classes mm -hmm. because she just couldn't connect based off of that. Yeah. And as a result of that, she really found it hard. Yeah. I mean, thank God I was paired with her because it basically meant that I did all the work, which I was fine with. Yeah. Because I knew she was trying her best. I just knew she found it really hard. And I was there for her those, you know, that, that first year, but she had to repeat, sadly. One of the best people I know. She's mm. incredible. Um, but like she found that year challenging and like I later found out that she had like had to get like counseling and therapy and stuff to yeah. deal with. And it's not just her. My entire yeah. year group was falling apart. Yeah. But because of all the stuff that I had been through, I could then be there for people. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you got a problem? Talk to me. And I just yeah. sit there for ages, watch them cry, tell yeah. me about, I, I feel so far from them. I'm like, cool, I've yeah. been here before. Yeah. I feel so isolated. I've been there before. I feel like I don't have time for anyone or anything or myself. Been there before. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do because I'm running low on money. Been there before. Yeah. And so like all this stuff that I've been through, served as a perfect platform for me to like be there for people in the same way. And so mm. I could be to others what I never had. Well, and it's, it's, it's ironic. Um, there's this author, Colson. He wrote a book 
Um, during the time of Watergate, um, back in the 20th century in the U.S., and he said something very interesting. He said that oftentimes one of, we, we, all, we all want to be used by God, you know. Mm. Um, but interestingly enough, God tends to use our weaknesses to show off who He is. Yeah. Um, and it's usually things that we're most ashamed of. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, he uses us in those arenas. Um, but that's amazing, man. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing your story. Uh, for being so open and so vulnerable um, with it. Um, failure is something so common. Yeah. It happens all the time. To everybody. Um, to everybody. Yeah. Uh, regardless of, you know, whether you are working hard or not, it happens to every single human being. It's just part of the human fabric. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's my hope, it's our hope that we, you know, we, we break the narrative of, perfectionism we break yeah. the narrative of you know like eliminating f- i mean nobody wants to fail but no. um it's just such an integral part of life yeah, yeah. Um, and it does not define who we are no in fact if anything it unearths who we are mm-hmm. uh, both failure and success so yeah uh i please drop in a comment um like i'm i'm, I'm, I'm like at a loss of words to Thank you, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, um, like, yeah. Um, so where, where should people follow you on social media? Uh, don't. Uh, <laughs> Good answer. Because I am very inactive. I oh. haven't been active for over a year. I see. Yeah. Okay. And I don't think that's going to change anytime okay. soon. I decided probably around the time the world was falling apart last year that I didn't want all yeah. that stuff in my head. Right. So I just stopped going on Facebook and I stopped yeah. going on Instagram and There's I don't a see a reason globally. to go yeah. back. Yeah. Send me a message on Facebook Messenger. Um, my soon-to-be wife is my PR manager, so she handles my Instagram <laughs> account. So if you send me a message there, she'll respond because she's awesome. Yeah. Um, free, I'm available on WhatsApp, but Messenger is probably the best way to go. Yeah. Uh, so just search email on Facebook and we'll let the magic of the internet do the rest. But I will say this, to anybody who's applying for jobs, I yeah. had to make like over a hundred applications to get the job I have right now. There is no, like, there was no like send an application, whatever. Yeah. My fiance is amazing. First job she applied for, she got it mm. ever, mm. like ever in life. Mm. And it took me like a hundred <laughs> to get what yeah. I've got right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in that phase of life, keep going, right. just keep going, man. And don't take it personally, yeah. brush it off, yeah. get up, keep going and you'll find something eventually. Yeah. Mm. I know, I know some people, they take screenshots of their, uh, rejection letters and just oh, keep wow. them oh yeah i'm thinking about doing that as well yeah. just to like it, it kind of it, it humbles you mm. or, or throws you into like oceans of pit. <laughs> that's true but um, bad kind of oceans yeah but um hope 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 is what we have yeah, yeah. god is what we have yeah that is all we have yeah so drop your comments um drop your questions drop your feedback um yeah and you can find me at gareth Lutonga. that's on facebook instagram and twitter and you can find me on Instagram at manze underscore guy. And this is figuring it out, guys. Oh, should I say, oh, Uchi Dalmafeni on Facebook. But that's about <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> or Uchi the Gooch on Instagram. Uchi the Gooch. But that one's harder. Just stick with Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, figuring out, guys. It's, uh, it's a journey. Yeah. One step at a time. Till next week. I don't know what we're doing next week, but I think we're going to. Yeah. We're gonna we're, figure it yeah, out. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> oh, that, that was not meant. To, that was not meant to be a pun. But, no, uh, no, 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 that was no, definitely dying, not meant to be a pun. Dying, I am dying. <laughs>
But yeah. <laughs> See y'all next week. See you next week. <laughs>